Product Podcast is sponsored by Untamed Publishing, Anchor FM, Women of Vision, KD, MB, Tyler Landscaping, and Author Exodus Morning. Thank you to all of our sponsors and supporters. You are now tuned in to the Get Caught Up Podcast Author Interviews. Welcome to our show. Hello, 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 and welcome to the Get Caught Up Podcast. I am your host, Untamed, and welcome to this week's edition of author interviews as always i thank you guys for tuning in week after week and supporting the podcast and supporting the authors who are on the show you know i love my author interviews and i am equally excited tonight with the author that we have but first i will get the particulars out of the way and we are presented by Untamed Publishing. Allow us to help you unlock your unlimited writing potential. If you are an aspiring new or even a seasoned author and you would like a little extra help on your literary journey, please head over to www.untamedpublishing.net and head over to the UP Services and Bookstore tab and you'll see a plethora of services that are offered like synopsis writing, proofreading, editing, book trailers. We have a little bit of everything, so head over there and you will be able to find a service that can assist you. Again, that's www.untamedpublishing.net. We're also presented by Diamonds After Dark Brown Liquor Tops, where the two hosts discuss trending topics over a little bit too much brown liquor. That airs on Thursday nights at 9 p.m. at anchor.fm forward slash diamonds after dark. Now, remember, you guys, this April, they are on hiatus. The hosts have both some demanding projects that they have to finish up. And so they will be back in May stronger than ever, giving you the best in the trending topics. And also make sure that you tune in on Wednesdays to the Get Caught Up podcast at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time to our hashtag Writer Wednesdays tips. The newest host, Crystal, has taken over the reins and she has come out swinging. She is providing tips for authors. Last week, she discussed character development. And this week, she has discussed plot development so make sure that you tune in weekly for her tips and if you miss it never fear all of our podcasts are permanently placed so you can go back at any time and listen at your free will well you guys this is the first podcast i've done in april with so many days ahead it doesn't even feel like it but it is so let me first just give a major shout out to anyone who has an April birthday, uh, celebrating an anniversary, and also, of course, since it is 
beginning to be springtime. We have all of these brand new releases coming out. So happy book release to everyone who is releasing a book in April. And without further ado, I am going to go ahead and intro in our guest of the evening, you guys. And I am excited. I promise you, I am reading her book and I absolutely love it. So we are going to get into it. But I am speaking about none other than A.S. Wilson. And here is her bio to give you guys a little bit about her. From a young age, A.S. Wilson has been enthralled with the power that words have to shape identities, birth thoughts, and transform lives. Seeking to harness her own power with words, A.S. Wilson pursued a degree in English and became active in numerous literary organizations. Prior to her graduation from the university, she published poetry in a student-run multicultural literal journal and assisted in editing an on-campus magazine. A.S. Wilson went on to obtain an advanced degree, but her passion for writing never waned. In 2019, she self-published her first novella, A Powerful Love, weaving paranormal elements into a tale of Black romance. In early 2020, she tackled the issue of addiction in her novella, Keeper. She resides in Georgia, where she continues to pen heart-wrenching stories of passion and love. Welcome to the UP Hot Seat. A.S., how are you doing this evening? Awesome. How are you? I am doing well, and I, I and I'm going to just say, you know, to the listeners and everyone that I, you know, I have a I have a special affection for Ash Wilson because she's George girl like me. So yes. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, you probably will hear a lot of, a lot of twangs. I mean, you guys know how I get when I get settled in. My southern drawl <laughs> creeps out, and I, my professional voice goes out of the window. And that's okay because we like to have fun. But of course, I have to show extra special love to my George girls because. That's where I'm from. I'm repping all day, every day. <laughs> Hashtag Georgia Peach. That's right. Hashtag Georgia Peach. So, yes, I, I'm so glad that was in the bio, too. <laughs> I, I love it. Now, you are no stranger to the literary world. You have been immersed in it for a very long, long time through education. Um, so, I wouldn't even ask you when you got started, right? Because when it's like that, you basically <laughs> been writing your whole life. <laughs> basically, yes. I came out the womb writing. Came out the womb writing. I know that's right. So, what I will ask you is what made you decide to take the leap into publishing? Well, um, to be honest, it was a situation that kind of just evolved because um, there was one night where I had this dream and it was just really vivid and it was something that was really interesting to me you know sometimes you forget your dreams when you wake up but this one like stuck with me so I I got up and I I was like oh I could make like a little short story or something out of this I write like two or three pages so I went and write those, wrote those little two or three pages and then I kind of just huh this is getting more interesting I was like let me add a little to it let me add a little to it and before I knew it, it was a novel. Oh, and 
I wrote all of that feeling like I was just writing it for myself. I didn't have any plans of publication. Um, and then I ended up writing another book, which was also just me kind of just pittering around, <laughs> seeing what would happen. <laughs> and um, it was by the time I got done writing the second book that I was like, wait a minute, I should start looking around and see what I can do with this. Like I could actually really find my niche in this. Mm -hmm. And so I went on and started looking around and I... I realized that I should start submitting to people. I started submitting to just a few people because I, I am particular. I do my research first, <laughs> you know? Um, so I was kind of, I was checking them out just like they would be checking me out. Right. Um, reading, if there were publishers who wrote as well, like Beloved, I, I read some of her books before I submitted and everything and was like, okay, okay. Yeah. <laughs> You know, so then I, I submitted to her after I self-published two novels. Okay. And and that's what I was going to ask you. And I, I'm glad. I want to just take a, a moment to put a pin in the point that you made, um, that you researched them. And I'm so glad you did it because a lot of authors go into publishing blindly. <laughs> you know, <laughs> they just, you know, they're so eager for it that they you know, they submit and they're not cognizant of, you know, who they're submitting to or, you know, how these people conduct business and, you know, their knowledge and, you know, their growth. So I'm so glad that you took the time to actually research before you submit it because that is a, that's a common, you know, error. And I think that's not just, you know, of course, not just privy to people in the literary community, you know, that's, exactly. that's, that's everywhere. Like, that's music, that's arts, that's entertainment, you know, it's acting. So it's, exactly. you know, it's anything, I will always say anything that requires you to have an entrepreneurial spirit, you know, it's one thing where you, you really have to do your research and you have to make sure that you vet, you know, the people who you actually solicit and submit your information to, um, you know. And I'm speaking from experience, so I'm like, you know, I'm exactly. so glad that someone said that because I am actually speaking from, you know, experience. I was that person that was like, oh, so, you know, once I made the decision, I was careful, and then I got going home, and I was like, oh, let me just, <laughs> you know. So definitely don't follow me. Follow A.S. <laughs> Well, I mean, I definitely, no, I understand the earth, but I, I mean, I knew that because I've been on the other side of it. Mm -hmm. um, I've, I've gone, you know, rushing into something, just thinking, ooh, 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 opportunity. Mm -hmm. And then realize I should have done my research later. Right, right. So it, it can't, you know, so at least, at least with your writing, it was like, okay, I went that road one time and now <laughs> I, I know better, so... Right. Well, hopefully, hopefully those listening to us will learn from both of our <laughs> both of our errors. It's like you know what? Let me take heed <laughs> and right. make sure that I do some research before I submit. But you are with B Love, and she has some dynamic. She is a dynamic author herself. So Absolutely. I, you know, what is that experience like? You know, under B Love, it's an experience to to get tutored in a way in so many different aspects of the business because she knows so many different aspects of the business firsthand. She's not just a publisher. She's a publisher and a writer. Mm -hmm. um, she's a mentor. She's a teacher. 
So it's kind of like, it's kind of like just being in a master class every day because she's always there for us to ask her questions. She's always there with her resources. Um, you know, there's really nothing that I can think of that I ever asked her or thought to ask her that she wasn't equipped to help me with. So it's been a great training ground for um, for me being still considered a new newer author. I mean, with my first publication in December 2019, I'm still considered kind of a kind of a new kid on the block. <laughs> so it's it's been nice to be able to learn so much that I know I wouldn't have learned if I just continued on my self-published journey on my own. That's awesome. That is amazing. And I knew you weren't gonna have anything but wonderful things to say because everyone that I speak with, you know, about beloved. And, and that's not common. So that's why I really wanted to, <laughs> to stress that. Right. Um, has nothing but wonderful things to say about her as a publisher. You know, because if you're a fan of her writing, you know she's a phenomenal writer. And then, you know, as a publisher, to know that she, you know, is very tender and gentle and, you know, just knowledgeable and a wealth of information and willing to help the authors who are under her brand, which you should be, you know, it's not like, it's not like you should be, you should be, but it is for, again, for the aspiring writer. That's not always the case. (laughs) It's not, unfortunately. Unfortunately, that's not always the case. So to have someone who has a willingness to take, you know, other authors and help to truly catapult them and help them learn the business as well as, you know, help you hone your skills and things like that. That is absolutely wonderful because, like we said, I can't stress enough that that's not always the case. So I love when I have people on who have positive publishing experiences because I'm just one of those, I want people to win I support authors so heavily and I, I love when I see them win and thriving in this industry so I want to now you already said I know that you have two independently published books but how many books do you have under Be Love Publications is it just the one that we're going to speak on tonight or do you have another Oh, no, I have um, nine books to- uh, total that have been published. And so that was two that I self-published before I signed with BLP. And so seven have been published under BLP. Oh, right. Absolutely. I love it. Girl, you, look, you're not a newbie no more. You are you seasoned <laughs> out here in, this, in these literary streets. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I feel like when I get 10 is when I can feel like I can flex a little bit. <laughs> okay. So I'm working on getting 10 out right now. So that's when, you know, that's when I'll pop a bottle. That's when you'll pop a bottle. I hear that. I hear that. So out of your books that you published, what would you say is your favorite one? You really want me to choose between my babies? (laughs) I, I love to do it because I love to see what you're gonna say. Look, because I have an answer in mind, but I, I want to hear what you got. <laughs> I always, I always want to hear the answer to it. <laughs> it's difficult because I feel like they have their own things about them that endear them to me for like in different ways, different reasons. But 
I feel like I'd have to say that whenever whenever I'm asked that question, I kind of default to my most recent release. Okay. Um, just because I'm always trying to to top myself. I'm always trying to go a little further, go a little deeper, hit a little harder. And so my most recent release is typically going to be the one that I feel like I achieved something that I didn't achieve before. So I would have to go with Free to Love You. <laughs> oh, I love it. But that's a great answer, though, because it you always are striving, like you said, to just do better than you did the last time. Like, you love all of your babies, right? And, <laughs> and all of them are great reads. And then you say, but, you know... One thing that I love is that when you can look back on like your first baby, your second baby, you can see your growth, you know, as a writer. Oh, sure. And that is that is also a blessing in itself too. Cause I, you know, just just a little tea for my listeners out there. I want you to know that every time you write something and you publish it, you should have some growth. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you should have some growth. So I love it. But absolutely, show you, show you. That's right. Show you have to show the new book, baby. The new releases, they're like the newborns, right? So they need a little extra tender love and care. They really do. <laughs> so definitely show the newest baby some love. I like it. <laughs> but so now that we know, free to love you, and that's that's the baby at the moment. That's the favorite. What book would you say surprised you that? was overly loved like you you love your books but then it might take you by surprise that readers are like oh my god this is it and you're like you really like really you really love it that much <laughs> definitely guard my heart that one was easy <laughs> that was easy oh my gosh like i oh man what now what was it about guard my heart that, that uh, the readers told you made them just love it to to pieces well, first of all, it would guard my heart was my first release that had people like shouting that phrase that writers want to hear, which is book bay. It was ah. one that had oh my god, Link is bay, Link is bay. Oh, Link so sexy, Link so this, Link so that. I'm like, oh, oh really? Okay, I, I thought they were sexy and awesome and amazing. Who? But, but Link did it. For, okay. okay. <laughs> Look, I'm gonna say this. We must be literary connected, or maybe it's just a Georgia in us or something, because it's hilarious. When you said Lincoln, I almost screamed. Like, Lincoln was the first book bay from out of my books. <laughs> either it's something about Lincoln or we're just <laughs> I love it. So now I, I'm gonna go read that because now I wanna fall in love with a new Lincoln. <laughs> I mean, you can never have enough, you know. Right. No love. Just add on, you know. At the same time, I I change book bags all the time. It's okay. I just collect them, you know. Nothing wrong with that. I just collect them. I promise. I, I tell everyone, I was like, yeah, I'm married to probably like 100 book bags, but it's okay. They just go in rotation. <laughs> right. They go in rotation. So... Now we talked about since he was he's got to be one of the most loved. So now since I have found a new book base to go ahead and flock to, what about a character that was most disliked in any of your books? 
There are a couple of those. Um, <laughs> yeah, I got I got one in mind myself from this current uh, book, but that's what I'm gonna let you say. <laughs> I'm sure she's one of the ones that popped into my head. Um, Shonda. Mm-hmm. Um, people were very disturbed <laughs> by Shonda. <laughs> it definitely has popped up in more than one review. Uh, that people are just like friends like that. Why do you need enemies? Right. You, you ain't wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Look, and I, I'm gonna stop myself because I got a specific question about her. I'm gonna hold off until <laughs> the next hour because yes, she was in my mind, but I, I won't lie. Like her, um, the father in um, Free to Love You, uh, Leah's yes. father. He is. He's in the, like. This one, I guess I'll go ahead and leave. Now, he can go ahead and just walk and play in traffic for all I care. <laughs> I don't even... Look, I was so mad with him. I said, oh, you know what? We ain't even got to never come see him again. That's right, girl. <laughs> he got some virtual hate mail as well. Yes. Um. Yeah, like, ooh, him. I was like, you know what? I, let him go play in traffic. He, this, this is one of them characters. And I was like, just let him walk out the door right now. <laughs> Well, wait until you get to the end because um, okay, you might have to slide in my inbox on that one. Feel free to do so. Okay, okay, okay. I I, I will. I will. I wait till I get to the end. I was like, I'm feeling like, mm, 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 I don't like that. <laughs> but oh my gosh! So I'll ask you this: You've written nine books what inspires your stories oh, I get inspiration everywhere um I my most recent release free to love you um that whole storyline was inspired really from uh watching a documentary on Netflix the documentary uh when they see us mm, okay um, you know, obviously the documentary really focused a lot on their journey um, in being wrongfully imprisoned. And it didn't focus as much on their life after they were released, but that's kind of where my mind started to wonder. Um, because I, I do know that several of those men who were released after being wrongfully imprisoned, they did go on to have spouses and kids. They had families. And I wondered, what was that like? What would a love story under those circumstances look like? Um, you know, someone who has gone through a, such a traumatic experience as being of being wrongfully convicted and wrongfully imprisoned and then released back into the world with, I mean, nothing, basically. What would it look like to love that man? And what would it be like for that man to love someone else? Absolutely. Well, on that note, because, you know, I just got to let everyone know, AS has a special surprise. She is going to read a snippet for us. So I want to just put a pin right there because we are diving into a great conversation. And I'm so glad that you, you know, brought that up because 
I will say when I read it, I did, and this is, you know, to speak to you as an author, as I was reading it, I was like, you know what, this reminds me, you know, of the Central Park Five, you know, or the Exonerated Five, is how they like to call it mm-hmm. now, you know. Um, and when you said that, I was so glad that I was able to make that distinction, you know, as I read it, your words, and I was like, oh my gosh, but yes, I want to get into that topic and, you know, dive into a little bit of your thought process behind that, because I think that that is a beautiful angle, you know, to take, to speak about the lives after the fact. So when we come back, I am going to read the synopsis, and then I will turn over the floor to you to read a snippet from your book, okay? Okay. All right, you guys, and we'll be right back in just a moment. This your boy, JC, author, content creator, and live streamer. For books and more, visit my website, www.jctheauthor.net. For my live streams, such as my author interviews, and the three-headed monster live streams please visit me on ig and twitter at jc storyteller also on youtube as well as facebook facebook.com backslash jc the author salute Kisha Beauty, embracing the power of self-love in conjunction with Fifty Shades of Success. While Fifty Shades of Success works on the inside, let Kisha Beauty work on the outside, adding a little sparkle, pop, and shine with Kisha Lips, pamper your skin with Kisha Body, and let's not forget accessories with Kisha Girl. Find us on Instagram. Everybody, join me, poet and author Kiana Dene, on my podcast, Noteworthy, a poetry podcast for the poets, where you'll hear my original poetry and poetry from other amazing poets as well, because I truly believe all poets are worthy. Go follow the podcast on Instagram at Noteworthy Poetry, and you'll be the first to know whenever there's a new episode. While you're there, follow me too at Kiana underscore Dene. So tune in today. Hello, 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 and we are back. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Get Caught Up podcast after interviews. As you know, we are here tonight with the lovely A.S. Wilson, and we have talked a little bit about her as an author and her journey, her other books, Lincoln, who I'm about to get to know real soon. (laughs) And now we are going to dive into her book, Free to Love You. I am going to read the synopsis and then I am going to turn the floor over to AS to give you guys a snippet from her book. And here is the synopsis from Free to Love You. Anthony Rock Carmichael is a free man. Having served over a decade in prison for crimes he didn't commit, 
Anthony is released from prison filled with a fierce determination to get his life back on track. But when he encounters difficulty finding his footing, his world starts to fall apart. Leah Brighton loves her job as a transition specialist, assisting newly released individuals in transitioning back into society. But she faces an unexpected challenge when rock bows into her life. With her bright outfits and endless stream of cake pops and lattes, no one would know that she hides a tragic past. She's determined to feel safe in a world that's anything but. When their worlds collide, they are helpless to fight the fire raging between them. But obstacles soon arise that threatens to overwhelm them. Will Rock and Leah fall prey to the forces that oppress them, or will they find the freedom to love? And Miss A.S., the floor is yours. Chapter 9, Rock. How did we end up here? My eyes rolled across the blanket of stars overhead as my mind replayed the events of the last half an hour. After Leah and I left the building, I walked with her over to her car, just like always. She told me to get in, just as she had before, but that's when things changed. She took off, with low strains of Shaka Khan pelting through the speakers. And when she reached the edge of the parking lot, she looked over at me with the most dazzling sparkle in her eyes and challenged me to let her take me wherever she chose. Was I game? Hell yeah. I was down for anything that allowed me more time in her presence. She'd worked her way into my system and I had zero interest in flushing her out. My existence was undoubtedly better with her in it. So she drove and I watched as the tree trunks glided by, faded by the darkness of night. Every time I looked over at her, I was mesmerized by the play of light across her skin. It seemed to pick up the tawny tones that underlay her complexion. It danced across the curve of her lips, accentuating the dip at the crease. It caressed the softness of her hair just as I wished to touch her there and everywhere, but I didn't. Not yet. Yes! Look, ah! You know, I'm trying not to spoil everything because I love that scene. I know where it's going. I read it part. I've got, I said, I've gotten far in the book. I just got to finish it up. But yes, I absolutely, I love the way um, that Rock just adores her. Oh my gosh. It is mm-hmm. so heart melting. Like, and, and I, and I want to say that it, it has an extra oomph to it because he's come out of this situation where he should be so hardened and angry, you know, and just kind of downtrodden, you would think, you know, because that's what you assume, you know, in his situation. He like locked up over a, do- a decade. He's become hardened almost because not from the anger of being in there, but just be having to protect himself and not having any people who could trust because of the situation or how he even got in there and not having anyone to stay in this corner. So you would just think that he would right. just be this really hardened individual, like un- unable to love, unable to really befriend, but he's absolutely not that person. And he is like, he, he kept a veil of grace over him the entire time. And it was like, as soon as he, you know, meets up with her and he's, he's guarded, but he's 
he just he knows and so he just adores on her and protects her and I'm like oh my gosh he is just so amazing (laughs) (laughs) it's interesting that you bring that up because um I went into this assuming as well that um someone coming out of a situation like that being released on the world trying to figure out what to do with the rest of your life I thought surely you would be like you would be angry you would be resentful um you would want to lash out at people for what's been done to you that's what I assume but um I did do some research before I started writing this one and I read some real life stories from people who were wrongfully imprisoned and I was shocked and amazed by how I kept seeing this recurrent theme in many of their stories where they they had come to the conclusion, not to say they reached it easily, that if they were to just be enthralled in anger and resentment, then they would just be given the rest of their life away. They already lost so much. They didn't want to throw the rest of their life away just being caught up in this cycle of hurt. And I thought that was the most amazing thing. Wow. That is, that is beautiful and such a unique way in a way that we all should really think about life. But when you think about it, I can see them having that outlook on life because they haven't had, you know, a normal life, I will say. Mm-hmm. Of course, they haven't had a typical free man's life. So, and there's things where we go from day to day and we take it for granted because we don't we haven't been you know in a penal system or you know on lockdown and having to just have everything we love and everything and everyone we love just snatched away from us and having to just be over here in this corner isolated from the world so it's it's such a beautiful sentiment to see and to know that it is really a true sentiment in the sense of people who have been in this situation do come out of it a lot sometimes mentally you know they have struggles and traumas of course but their mental outlook on life is so far advanced and one then people who are just out here just out here willy-nilly living able to live their free life because you know and i and i come just speaks to most people take things for granted we take things for granted each and every day so if you don't have it you learn quickly not to take it for granted so right it is just you know it's one of those things um where that is just beautiful it's beautiful in a sense of that is such a positive attitude to have and one that we should all adapt. And so I want to, I'm not going to skip the Shonda. I guess I'll wait later on for her. Because <laughs> look, Rod got me feeling good over here. So <laughs> I will say this. Now, he was such a, a beautiful spirited man, as we just say. And I, but I love the fact that even though we just talked about his great outlook on life, you did show his trauma because it was a necessary balance, I think, you know, to show right. he he does have trauma because you can't go through that unscathed either. You have, you do come out with some, you know, residual effects. Right. And I love that, you know, even in that it shows that he's able to kind of sort of be an overcomer. So was some of his positivity because he was exonerated or, you know, was it just because he 
like you said, had given so much of his life away already that he just did not want to, you know, waste his time dwelling on the past. You know, I think it's a combination of things. Um, I think one of the things that contributed to his positive outlook was um, the fact that he was very grounded in family. And I feel like he never lost the desire to make his mother proud, even though he lost her while he was in prison. I think he still felt the desire to be a good son and to to be a good father and to be a respectful man and a, a provider. And I think that um, that was part of what continued to drive him, even though she wasn't there to see it anymore. I think he still had that ambition about him. Yeah, he, and he did. And I was, mm, I, I look, I, I'm thinking about it. As I said, that I had one more person in this book that that I could have hated, but then I think she went <laughs> on the glory anyway. But it was, it was the person who accused him first and foremost and got him in that situation. Right. And, and then, as as my grandmother would say, here come her. What? <laughs> here come her. When it's after. 10 years plus want to come and admit oh I was lying like that's one situation and I guess I just want to know how you feel about it because I know you didn't dwell on it and it wasn't her story but I, I just feel like in situations like that like okay you can't just come and tell somebody that you were lying no you need to spend the last few minutes of your life in the penal system <laughs> yourself not your last 30 minutes of breath <laughs> yes I'm like, I don't care if you are your last 60 seconds. (laughs) Right. Well, that's another aspect of these stories I found interesting because, I mean, it's not unusual um, Mm -hmm. to hear of this happening in real life, these deathbed confessions. Um, Someone knows they're going on to glory and they're like, well, let me try to um, (laughs) make things right. Let me try to fix my record now and tell the truth. And, you know, the thing is, I mean, there have been, I've heard, and I don't know if this is still the case, but um, there's there's a time limit on, on perjury laws. So someone could wait till the time has run out on them being prosecuted and then come back and tell the truth. So it's crazy, <laughs> you know, for someone to just come back and after somebody's spent years in prison <laughs> come back and tell the truth and not face consequences for that but as I understand it it has happened wow wow now I'm really like okay <laughs> <laughs> you know and it that's the I want to say that's another beautiful thing in how he had such a positive attitude because one thing that I will say, and I hate to give away, but one thing I will say <laughs> that I agree with Leah on, like, I would call some ancestors up, like, <laughs> yeah, I don't care if you leave it here, right. somebody gonna haunt you. <laughs> you days are living. If I can't get you locked up, then somebody gonna haunt you for your last days are living. You, we not gonna make this easy for you. <laughs> exactly. Oh and, my gosh. You know, I think one of the things that fueled him too and kept him on the up and up is that he never he never completely gave up he was never completely broken he never although a lot of people get coerced into confessions he he never confessed and he was continually working on his case while he was in prison 
So I think that gave him something to hold on to and some sense of hope and some idea of what he wanted to do with the rest of his life and how he would go about it during the whole time. So I think there are definitely people who have been broken down. There are definitely people, obviously, who are broken down even more by this experience than he was. Yes, absolutely. Well, I'm just proud of Rock. I, I can't wait to get to the end of their journey to see what happens. Now, I, look, if this isn't telling too much, because I don't want you to tell too much, but I do want to ask. And um, now he asked to be called Rock. And it seemed like he took an issue with being called Mr. Carmichael. Yes. So, why did he love to be called Rock? Because his real name was Anthony. So why did he like to be called Rock? And why did he take an issue with being called Mr. Carmichael? Okay, so two different things. <laughs> um, Rock, would, Rock was his, his name that family and friends call him. That was how he identified. That was how he was known by people who loved him and cared about him and knew who he really was as opposed to the the person that he was made out to be. Mm. Um, so that was, uh, there was a sense of familiarity and comfort in being called Rock. And um, with him being called, when she um, actually called him Mr. Carmichael that one time, I think for him being called Mr. Carmichael reminds him of these authority figures who would, ref they would refer to him as Mr. Carmichael in the courtroom. Um, mm. You know, when he was in the jail being questioned, you know, he's being referred to as Mr. Carmichael. So I think that reminds him of being institutionalized more than being referred to as by his nickname. Okay. And I, I kind of felt like the Mr. Carmichael. I was like, maybe. And then I was like, maybe it's because even though he, you know, he, at this point, he really likes her and, you know, in the back of his mind, he's always cognizant of who she is by her career. Um, right. Which is why he put the brakes on a lot of things, you know, at the very beginning because of her position and her job type. Mm -hmm. And he, you know, in a respectful way, it wasn't that he was scared. He just, you know, he knew how people saw him and how people saw her, you know, and what that look like to the outside world you know he didn't care about it but he knew he was very cognizant of how that looked to the outside world right um, and so I was like so maybe you know I felt like I said maybe it's because you know in his mind it brings them back to we're no longer this over here but you're the transition specialist and I am <laughs> you know and I'm just definitely I'm Mr. Carmichael. So that's why that's how I kind of had it in my mind with this. So I'm I'm glad. I was like, you know what? I was like, he really, I was, he really took an issue with this, Mr. Carmichael. I'm gonna say, you know what? I really think it brought him back. So, right. man, I like point too, definitely, because he was being he was being a little insistent about um, calling her baby and <laughs> calling her by her <laughs> first name and baby um, instead of calling her Miss Brighton. So. Yeah, I think that's a really great point, too, that he, he didn't want to raise those walls between them again. Exactly. And he did, yeah, because he didn't, he never, I, I don't even remember him calling her Miss Wright one time. <laughs> I was like, she's not going to be Miss Wright to me. <laughs> right. <laughs> he was like, he knew. He was like, nope, nope, uh -uh, no, no, ma'am. <laughs> but, oh my gosh, okay, now I guess I got to roll on over to this 
I no, I, I still got I've gotta Shonda gotta give me a minute with her because <laughs> I keep wanting to go to Shonda, but I'm like ready to just push her out of traffic with daddy. Um <laughs> now, I will say this. Now I don't know yet, but I wanna see. But LaRon seems a little bit flaky and shady to me. I don't know. I, I was mm-hmm. like at first he was she was kind of strong and then I was like, oh, you start giving the side eye a little bit. Yes, I started to get him inside out a little bit. So I don't know. Look, I, I don't I don't wanna I don't wanna spoil that, but I just wanted to mention that. <laughs> he seemed a little flaky and shady after a while. <laughs> so but yes, now I do wanna say this. Now I you know, Liam and this is gonna bring me up to Shonda. <sighs> <laughs> Leah, you know, she went she, she her father who I also believe him and Shonda should hold hands and play traffic at this point. Um but he made a comment when she went to that dinner and he said, you know, about shielding her from certain things and she was gonna find out if she didn't learn basically learn her place or you know, learn how to do as he says, do mm-hmm. live her life the way he wants to. Um, wants her to rather. And um, I found that so interesting when he said that because we find out, you know, her backstory when she was in college that she had. And it was one of those things where I, I, I don't know if he finds out in the end, but he was so busy trying to shield her. But the way he acted was, you know, something... I feel pushed her into the situation that she was in because she grew up seeing, you know, with how he acted and how he treated her and how he, you know, treated her mother. And I was like, you trying to shield her for something, but you introduced her almost segue in into this situation that she was in. So I that's how I felt. That and that's a little bit why I wanted Daddy to go play in traffic. <laughs> <laughs> Right. And and Leah circled around that point, too, when she was saying, like, I mean, is the way you treat my mother supposed to be an example for how for, for the model of a relationship I'm supposed to have? You want somebody to talk to me and treat me the way you treat her? Mm-hmm. And and that's why I was like, when she, you know, that whole situation and she, she said that and then you find out later, you're like, okay. So, and it's one of those things where I'm glad that it was written like that and you know the story had that twist to it because what parents who you know in essence <clears throat> have all of this money and sophistication and you know means to mm-hmm. provide you have to be very cognizant to say like are you really providing what your children need you know as far as helping them to be happy and healthy adults you know right like you know because all of that stuff you know that he had and was able to provide for her he doesn't have a good relationship with his daughter and he's not providing her with the the stability and you know just the tools that she needs to go out there and function as an adult like she's almost had to just figure it out figure that part of life out on her own you know, it's like, yeah, okay, you had the money. <laughs> you know, right. the money didn't teach me nothing. <laughs> so I, I love the the bigger message in that is that 
you know, you have someone who society will look down on as rock because he was incarcerated, even though it wasn't his fault, mm-hmm. and feel like he's such a bad person. But he, like he said, he's so grounded and he's rooted in family and he's rooted like he was really raised and trained well as a, to be a man. And here you have Mr. Daddy with the, the mama with the pearls and the <laughs> <laughs> And then she got to be dressed up for dinner and all of this stuff. And But you haven't, in essence, poured into your daughter what you're trying to shield her from. And I love that messaging. It's like, it doesn't matter where you come from. It's raising what your parents give you, that love and that grounding and that training. You know? Exactly. Yes. Yes. Daddy, in that case, had a, he, he kind of had a narrow-minded view on... Um, what providing was because I think it's it's likely for someone like him that he really truly thought in his mind that he'd given her that he'd gone above and beyond as a father yes absolutely and he did he really did because um, he was and he was arrogant about it too <laughs> arrogant and arrogant about that part and I'm like you know what somebody really needs to knock you down and not you too <sighs> but I can understand why it's like not a SUV <laughs> right right <laughs> a bus <laughs> I know that's right and that leads me back to Shonda okay I, you know what? I haven't read all of what's going on, but when I first started, I was like, they sound like frenemies. They don't sound like no best friends. <laughs> what is going on? And I was way over Shonda, but I'm trying to give her just the itch because when, you know, I found out the backstory with Leah, and she was like, Shonda came in like the knight shining on armor and swooped her away. Right. I was like, okay. So maybe it is more to Shonda that I don't know. It, she she got a little check mark on my box, you know, over there. So I can't, and I'm not, I still want to play it traffic, but maybe, you know, just break a leg or something right now. <laughs> I, I'll say this. I've never created a character who I thought was all bad. I'll say that. Um, I definitely feel like there's, there's always something sympathetic to me about even my worst characters or my my most hated characters so you know i i don't know if some readers really like are pulled (laughs) it's it's really pulling their heartstrings like it is for me with some of these characters they may be a little you know unconvinced of the goodness that's in them but i feel like there's some goodness in in every one of my characters oh man and i was like when that happened i was like you know what Okay, now I gotta pull it from the edge of the street for a second. <laughs> let me just sit on the street corner, like, just sit on the curb, and let me decide whether or not I'm gonna push you back out. <laughs> you can't come to the house. <laughs> I can't serve you right now. So, but she was a mess because I was like, now wait a minute. I was so mad with her. I said, first of all, hear me talk to the book. First, first, first of all. <laughs> You can't tell me no information and then act like you didn't say it and then try to sit here and tell me don't talk to you about it. Wait a minute, you can't talk to me first of, first of all. <laughs> I was like, what is going on? But I, I just, I guess I really wonder, why was she so adamant about not talking about that's your best friend, girl? 
Okay, so <laughs> this is one of the things that I've I've been thinking when I see some of the reviews that mention Shonda and talk about how much they can't stand her. Um, <laughs> we gotta keep in mind, right, that their friendship dates back to high school. So their friendship wasn't always the way it is now. You know, I think a lot of us who've had long friendships, we've seen our friendships kind of go through changes and phases as we, you know, we grow up. They're friends as kids. And then so many years have passed. Um, you know, they've become, they've become educated. One of them got married. It's things kind of change usually. Mm -hmm. Um, so when people point out that they're more like frenemies, like you did, absolutely. And, and that's something that's kind of been a more recent development in their friendship. And so I feel like for her, and this is, this is something that, uh, I'm not sure if you would have gotten to, um, these details yet, but um, there's some details pointing to the idea that Shonda kind of modeled herself after Leah's mother. Yeah. Like that idea of that, the lifestyle that she saw and mm-hmm. the way that she saw her as a woman and as a, just kind of a, a fixture that she thought that was, that was the most amazing example of, of womanhood. And she thought that was what she should aspire to. If that kind of helps a little bit with understanding my thought process on on Shonda. Yeah, I, I saw that from her, and I was like, I said, um, <laughs> they were having a conversation, you know, when she convinced her to go to this dinner and all of this good stuff. And I was sitting here going, "Girl, bye. You better not tell you, my friend. You don't tell me. You're supposed to be riding with me." <laughs> You don't ride with my parents. <laughs> you ride with me. <laughs> I was like, they sitting here going, okay, maybe, you know, I'm look, me thinking I'm trying to be adult. Okay, maybe she's trying to be her accountability partner, you know? <laughs> and then she gets to this dinner and I was like, back to my original statement. <laughs> I'm gonna chill on the curve for a little bit. It's just, you know, just see. I, I don't know yet. You know, daddy can still run out there. I, I have to wait till I get to the end. Maybe you can just run around in a circle. We'll hold traffic up for a <laughs> I mean, some people can just get so caught up in an image and a status symbol that, you know, some of the, the deeper meanings of life that are supposed to be underneath it really just kind of get skirted around and I think that's part of what she's doing when she doesn't want to share her more, more confidential details with even Leah I think she she has this idea of I gotta maintain this image I gotta I gotta be this woman who's married to this powerful well-to-do man I've got to be what I think that looks like yeah and 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 I, and I can see that I can see that I can see you know certain people getting caught up and you know, especially Shonda and and Leah definitely points it out that she's definitely caught up. She's like, "Girl, why? Why she got? It's ten o'clock in the morning. Why you got on here?" <laughs> she's like, "She right. dressed up for no good reason." <laughs> so, oh my gosh, well, I I hope I haven't read, it, but I hope when they get to the end, hopefully. 
they're able to mend things and I'm able to light shine a little bit better and it needs to come and, and sit in the front porch or something. <laughs> you, you might not. I ain't gonna lie. Um, I might, I might not. You might not. <laughs> I, might, I might not. Okay, well, I'll leave her on this curve and then I'll let you know what she ain't wind up. Okay. I'll let you know what she end up. If she end up in the stream of that. <laughs> I'm gonna sit on the curb. She had one saving grace. I'm telling you, I was about to put her in front of a metro bus. I was, get out. Oh, I don't like you. But it's, but it's okay. I, I, you know, I got a little bit of understanding from her. So I'm gonna see how my heart feels at the end. Okay. That's fair. That's fair. That's fair. I see how the heart feels. Well, oh my goodness. It has been such a great time with you talking about your book and learning, you know, about your characters and diving deep into the book. And I I can talk on and on and on, but I won't because I don't want to give away the whole book because everyone listening needs to go out and buy it. So (laughs) (laughs) I want you guys to read this good story between Rock and Leah and his shady brother-in-law and bossy sister and crazy best friend and (laughs) all of this good stuff so yes but I want to give you opportunity as to just tell the listeners how they can connect with you where they can purchase your books and if you have any announcements that you would like to make okay so I'm on Facebook A.S. Wilson You can also find me on Instagram at author A.S. Wilson. And I have a Facebook reading group, which I would love for um, everybody to join. Whether you've read my books or just interested in reading my books, check me out at Read and Sip with A.S. Wilson. And um, I also have a website that you can check out, www.authorASWilson. And um, my books are all available on Amazon. I have... uh, Kindle books and paperbacks for most of them as well. And you can also hit me up for paperbacks directly on Instagram or on Facebook. And I will be at the Atlanta Kickback coming up July 17th. So for anybody who's coming to that, I would love to meet you. I will be there too. So (laughs) I am going to make sure that I come by your table and and grab a book from your table. I definitely will be there and support you. Thank you so much for that information. I have enjoyed tonight's talk and I am thoroughly enjoying Free to Love You. Of course, I will leave a review and I will definitely be in your inbox about Shonda and Daddy. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much. You are welcome. Well, you guys... As always, I thank you so much for tuning in and joining me in AS and listening to us banter about her books. Make sure that you do follow her, go out, purchase her books, support her. You know, I'm always a fan first of purchasing directly from the author. But if you don't purchase from the author, please make sure that you visit Amazon and all of the other sites so you can get her books. 
And please, please be sure that you are following the Get Caught Up Podcast on Instagram and on Twitter. We are on Instagram at Get Caught Up Podcast and on Twitter at GCU underscore podcast. If you would like to follow Untamed Publishing, Untamed Publishing is on Facebook at Untamed Publishing, on Instagram at Untamed Publishing LLC, and on Twitter at Untamed Pub. And if you would also like to become a sponsor for our podcast, please make sure that you visit anchor.fm forward slash get caught up. The podcast has sponsorship packages that are labeled at the very bottom. So you can choose to support there to become a long-term sponsor. Now, if you just want to donate, you know, a little change to us, just to show your love and support, you can do that through Cash App at dollar sign U as an umbrella, P as in Paul, 2016. That's dollar sign UP2016. And as always, I am your gracious host, Untamed. And if you would like to follow me, I am available on all social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Clubhouse, TikTok, and YouTube at Author Untamed. Yes, it has been a pleasure again tonight talking with you, and I am so overjoyed that you chose to sit down and just chop it up with me about your books, and I wish you nothing but continued success. Thank you so much. You are welcome. Until next time, you guys, remain untamed. And oh, let me, before I get out of here, wish my daughter a happy 20th birthday coming up on April the 8th. <laughs> I want to do that for her. I was going to give her a shout out. So let me make sure I give her a shout out. Her birthday is April the 18th. She's 20 years old. So happy birthday to my daughter. I love you, sweetheart. Until next time, you guys, remain untamed. Good night. A king is a highly respected male ruler of a country who inherits his position and rules in life. Born to rock nations, overcoming any situation. We're young black kings, so I move as such. such. I break down the cushion, you break down the Dutch. Dutch. Twist the backwood, let's blaze one up. up. I celebrate life, all we got is us. us. Matter of fact, we got a whole nation behind us. Yes. Four million missing the strong, we straight grinding. OBNY power, I remind you. Yes. This office yes. boy NY grinding for the salutation. Standing ovations, clap for me. Clap. Bitches clap. blow kisses, youngers click clack for me. Clap. Money on my mind, all I see is De Niro. Yes. Begin with the years, end it with the euros. Million dollar money, kiss schemes, let's make it clear though. What? I'm here for the power and love, 19 zero. That's me. Yes, we young, black, and powerful. What else? We the new CEO. Of the power move. What else? What CDs else? move the same way the power so move. What that means? Yeah. So I'ma move a hundred thousand by the hour. So check yeah. yeah. the streets, got black on the beat. Say what? It's Smiths on the track, make the cipher complete. Yeah. Man, innovators and delegators, we here, baby. Get we em, only push em. that power, don't know about maybe. Without star, even try, while I, baby, we the flyers. And why skyscrapers respect NY, my life. Radio revolution, audio wars, yeah. ill yeah. bodies of work, need to sold out tours. Hmm. You Girl love you, but she love me more. Young heart throb, an outlaw like Pac Chacon. Get
shooting war them like Biggie with the snowboarder Simi got million dollar thoughts you can keep them pennies keep that Like change, money in the briefcase, Mike in the waistband okay, Diamonds okay. in my district, power queens in my game plan Yeah, we yeah. yeah. CEOs of the power move And them MPs move like the Skymers do Up an echelon, baby, it's for the dawn Supreme MC, them premiums is lukewarm cool. You need to take lessons from the master chef We the only illest niggas that's really left yeah. We three kings, ill beings So move with caution, we move on our balls, bitch Eardrum love, yeah Yo, this is eardrum love, yeah Eardrum love, eardrum love, yeah Black, I see you, man Too fly for this <laughs> Money kill, what up? It's that eardrum love Take notice of the power of supernovas Individually they rule, but together it's a takeover One plus one plus one equals three Pure perfection, a blessed training Three plus one gives you four Say no more Add one nation, total domination through this honest creation. Spit fire that moves your body and challenges your mind. The power couldn't be more divine unless it was written in the Holy Scrolls by the omnipotent. But this unity is no coincidence because they walk in a guided land. Supreme is what they reign and they wear their iced out crowns high on their heads, always proud, never bitter, only better. The hottest around, top notch transcendence. More than just a hook in a verse, generating power throughout this network universe and always leaving room for the queens to roam through. Built off power and respect, you won't ever forget and can never neglect. The kings in the nation of power, ordained for the most high above. Sit back, relax, and let your head nod to this eardrum love.